0: I credit my ADHD for some of my greatest superpowers. And you know what? I spy a happier life for you, too. So without further ado, a shiny new episode is starting now. Hello, I am Tracy Otsuka, and I wanted to welcome you to Episode 72 of ADHD for Smartass Women. Today, I am going to start by reading a podcast review from Jesse Rose, so here goes. The review is titled, The Best Positive and Informative Motivator. Listening to your podcast helps me a lot, and it used to be part of my every other morning routine on my way to work. Since I started listening again, it has encouraged me, and that amazing positive mindset has probably saved me as much as it has motivated me. At least now that I listen, I can take notes to my heart's content and stick them on my whiteboard for a visual reminder of affirmations and coping strategies, as well as several great guests to reference. Thank you for all your hard work, and I wish you continued success. You're the bee's knees. Here's to much more. Signed, a graduate student. Thank you so much for this lovely review, Jesse. You know how much I love those gold stars, and I really appreciate the fact that you took the time to write your review. I know for some of us with ADHD brains that kind of get stuck in the tech, That's a huge feat, so thank you. And I'm also delighted that you posted the review, and I'm so happy that my podcast encourages and motivates you because you and I both know that it's all about the positive emotion, isn't it? So let's get started. Many of us have been practicing social isolation, and for some of us, we've done really well with it, right? We tend to like change, and we do well in a crisis, but I have to tell you, you know, I'm a lot like that, But even I'm starting to drag because this has been going on for a good while and it's starting to get pretty damn boring. Like many of you, I wasn't feeling as well as I was feeling at the start of this pandemic. So this podcast is really about what COVID has taught me or reinforced for me about my ADHD brain. Now, there's always a silver lining, right? And an opportunity to grow and learn in the midst of anything. And it's no surprise to me that the more difficult circumstances always correlate with the most amount of growth. You know, this got me thinking about what have I learned from COVID that I can share with you? Well, number one, it all starts with awareness. You know, once I made a concerted effort to really start to pay attention to what was going on with me, why I might not be feeling as good as I usually do, asking myself, what am I doing now or not doing that I was doing before when I felt better? So that's what we're going to talk about today. Number one, and this is the truth. It was one little tiny shift for me that started this downward trajectory. And I'm embarrassed to even admit this because if you ever thought that, intellectual pursuits were part of my bailiwick. Ah, I'm going to shoot that all to hell right now. Okay, let me share with you. So my structure went to hell (laughs) when my daughter introduced me to Love Island, UK. Now, for those of you who have never heard of this series, it's probably a good thing, but it is a British Dating reality series, and I remember when my daughter put the first episode on. I rolled my eyes and I literally asked out loud, "Why we'd subject ourselves to this garbage?" I think it was around midnight when she turned it on, and I have to tell you that one week later we were on episode twenty-three, and what we realized is we created this nasty midnight to two thirty a.m. habit, like a total waste of life. It added nothing. Nothing to our lives, right? It was just something to kind of pass the time, and it was fun to do together. So I realized that I had given up a lot of my structure, starting with that one simple thing, starting with, you know, watching this Love Island UK. And I had started to go to bed a lot later, and I didn't even realize that I was doing this, and I certainly didn't have a clue what impact it had on me. Going to bed later meant waking up later which meant working out later, which meant starting work later, which meant working later, and so on and so on. It was just this one simple little shift in my behavior that changed the whole course of my day. And it had such a profound impact on me, how productive I was, how you know much positive emotion I felt, and I didn't even realize it. All I knew was that I wasn't feeling as good as usual that's when it dawned on me that digging myself out of a hole was going to take much more energy than keeping myself out of that hole to begin with. And you, you might be listening to this thinking that you're actually standing in that hole right now. So it was really about awareness, right? An awareness of what I was even doing. So that was number one. Number two that I want to share with you is one day, just one day of going back to my old schedule. Guess what? I felt a hundred percent better. I was up at 6.30 a.m. I was done with my workout by 7.30 a.m. I was at my desk by 8.30 a.m. Oh my gosh. And then I realized how much better I felt when I took a shower and I washed my hair, even when I didn't have to go anywhere but Zoom. I also realized that my morning routine sets my mindset for the rest of my day. I am much more productive when I don't perpetually feel like I'm playing catch-up. And the thing is, in only one week, I had forgotten how much I needed this structure and how much better I felt when I had it. What it took for me was to pause and recognize the fact that I was feeling less positive emotion than I normally do. Once I connected myself to that realization and my desire to feel better, it was obvious to me that what I needed most was my old structure back. After all, I know how my brain best works. Now, your best structure may look really different than mine since all of our ADHD brains are different. You may not be a morning person, but this is the thing. I know that I am. And I know that if I want to accomplish what I set out to accomplish, I have to start early. My most productive time is between 10 and 3 p.m. I know that I need a couple of hours to warm up before I get there, so my sweet spot is to get to my desk by 8.30 in the morning. So this is my message to you. If you're feeling less positive emotion than you'd like to feel, and certainly less positive emotion than you normally feel, I am going to tell you that structure is the key, okay? That and staying away from Love Island. That's my advice. So I wrote about this in my newsletter, and I got dozens of responses back, more than I've ever received from women, telling me that this was a really great reminder for them to making the same change in their own lives. So I thought it was worth sharing here as well. In just one day of getting to bed at my normal time, I noticed so much more positive emotion. And it was all because I thrive with structure, like all of us with ADHD do, even though I want to reject it all the time. I want to be free. I want to go with the flow. I'm spontaneous. Uh, no, the simple truth is I may love the idea of all of that, but it doesn't serve me well and it doesn't make me feel good. Okay. Okay what else did I learn about COVID? Actually, what else did I learn about myself through COVID? I learned the blessing that movement and nature is for me. And I knew this, but again, I didn't really know it. You know what I mean, right? So you know me well enough by now to know that I start my day with a workout. I can't take medication. It makes me anxious and irritable and completely scattered. So, my medication, my way to flip that dopamine switch, it has to start with exercise. So, years ago, I built a small home gym for myself, so there would be no excuses. You know, when it's freezing cold outside, I'm much more likely to walk to the workout room in my barn, which is attached by a breezeway that has windows on it, so I'm not freezing to death, than it would be to force myself to get in my car and drive 15 minutes to the gym. I just know myself. And so, You know, my thought is always, what is the easiest way to get me to do what I know I need to do? And that's the option that I choose. I also know that if I start my day with a workout, it sets the course of the rest of the day, right? It sets my day in the right direction. So all through COVID, I've been doing this. Every morning starts with a workout. So I'm thinking I'm fine, right? But I'm still not feeling like my normal self. And it's in large part because I started to notice that I was starting to put on weight. And what I know about myself is that even small amounts of weight contribute to negative emotion for me and this fogginess in my brain. And the fogginess in my brain, it's not so much about the weight, but I think it's because when I eat too much, I just feel not as sharp and crisp in my thinking. I just know that I feel so much better. I feel so much more alert. I'm so much happier when I'm just a little bit hungry. And the problem, whether it's a good or bad problem to have, I guess it depends on your frame of reference, is my son had decided to learn how to cook during COVID. And we've discovered that he's a hell of a cook. I mean, he's he's amazing. Just this past week, he's made lemon bars, pickles, four loaves of banana bread, focaccia, two kinds. He made this 36-hour-that-you-gotta-rise-it type of focaccia, which I think is the traditional Italian focaccia. And then he made this tomato bread focaccia, which was so incredibly good. He made barbacoa tacos, Meyer lemon ricotta raviolis, and I'm talking about the kind of raviolis with fresh pasta. He made grilled lamb. He made chili. He made the best shepherd's pie I've ever had. I mean, it literally goes on and on. And that's just what I remember in one week, right? And everything he makes seems to taste better than the last thing he made. So it's been really bad. Even with all this food, somehow in my brain, I'm thinking, you know what, Tracy, you're okay because you're working out every morning. You have not stopped your morning exercise. You're doing great. That was until my daughter and I decided to go for a long walk right before Easter. And we're on this walk, we'd been going a couple miles, and I wanted to open up the health app to check on my phone, you know, what our distance was. And this message popped up on the health app, and it said that my step count was down 40% from what it was this time last year. And I am thinking, what? You've got to be kidding. Now, for anyone else who doesn't share my ADHD brain, I'm sure it's common sense that, of course, your step count is down. But I hadn't really even thought about it. All I had thought was, you've been working out every morning. You're doing what you normally do on the exercise front, so you must be fine no, I wasn't moving enough. And I literally had no idea that I wasn't moving enough. Of course, if you asked me, okay, have you been doing the things that you normally do? I would have said, no. You know, have you been running errands? Have you been doing anything socially? Have you been meeting clients? You know, I'm not doing anything that requires movement beyond walking from my bed to the kitchen, to the family room, to the bathroom and my desk. That's it. Duh. But it still hadn't computed with me. Once I opened up that health app though, I made all the connections. And that's when I used my creative brain to think about, okay, what can I do? So we live in the country on acreage. And for me, again, it's got to be simple, right? It's got to be such a no-brainer that I don't have to go anywhere to do it it's automatic. So we live in the country on acreage. And so when we got back home, I asked my husband, can you cut me a half mile loop around our property? And of course he said, sure. And so he cut this half a mile loop around our property with his tractor. Again, I wanted it to be really simple. I didn't want to have to get out on a busy road. I wanted to remove all the excuses of why I couldn't do this. And guess what? I have been walking five to seven miles every day since then at my home. I split it up so it's not so long. I may do half in the morning. I may do half in the evening. When I'm feeling restless and unproductive, I do a loop or two in the middle of the day, you know, in between work assignments. Working out in the morning is great, and I still do that. But walking out in nature has done incredible things for my brain. But for COVID, I would have never discovered. You know, when all my thoughts are all jumbled as they often are in the morning, my morning walk is a surefire way to clear my mind, organize my thoughts, and start my day in the right direction. Morning exercise, on the other hand, is great for getting rid of all my excess energy. You know, it calms my brain down. It primes me to think. Walking out in nature though it seems to do something else entirely. It helps me organize my thoughts even better. It unleashes my creativity. It makes me grateful. So it creates even more positive emotion than just the exercise. Meds don't work for me, but the combination of exercise and walking in nature, it's like two doses of a stimulant. And I know what a stimulant feels like when it works because it worked for me one time. And I know I've shared this before, but the first time that I tried Ritalin, I literally felt like the sky parted, my thoughts were completely clear, and I was working on the speech I had to give, and I could remember all the bullets for this speech that I was giving. Everything was linear. It was amazing. Sadly, that was the one and only time that this has ever happened, but I am so grateful for just that one time because I now know how well medication can work for the 80% of you that it works for. Okay, so I want to talk about gratitude. So as I walk in nature, I see a robin that I hadn't seen in years. We have a lot of bluebirds, but I remember as a child, there were a lot of robins in our area, and I haven't seen a robin in forever. So there are bluebirds and we have an acre and a half pond and there are Canada geese with their goslings gliding across the pond. Our neighbors have horses and all kinds of sheep. They just got two of the cutest little baby piglets and they have baby goats and our other neighbors have vineyards. And so sometimes as I'm walking, I can't even believe that I live here. And let me tell you, this is why I'm so grateful. So when we moved on to this property, I named it Bullfrog Farms because we had a real problem with Canadian geese. In the fall, we'd get a 100 easy of them, and they would just poop all over the place. They made such a mess. And I had babies at the time, like children babies, right? My children were babies. And these geese would fight, and they had this really distinctive sound when they were fighting. So I just thought all we had on our pond were Canada geese. And one day I went to the edge of the pond and this giant bullfrog jumped out of the water and it made this sound. It was this boop, boop. Boop, boop kind of sound. And my husband and I, we were such city slickers that we didn't even know the difference between the sound of Canadian geese and the sound of these bullfrogs. And so that's why we named the property Bullfrog Farms. And I'm going somewhere with this. So just stick with me. It's a little bit of a tangent, but I'm going somewhere with it. So when my kids were little, Bullfrog Farms, this property. It was such a magical place. But as they got older and they were in so many sports and different activities, we just didn't have the time to spend outside, which meant that we weren't able to maintain the property like we did when they were little. And so over the last couple of years, all I could see was everything that needed to be done that wasn't being done. The vegetable garden that now looked like a ghost town, the other gardens that had too many weeds. And we started to get this bloom on the pond every spring that would turn the pond into a green swamp. And we spent so much money and so much time trying to get this green swampy, what did they call it? A um, Like an algae that formed on the pond. And the reality of it is, I'm not a good country girl, you know? I like things that are very neat and orderly. And when they're not, that is where I ruminate. So my gratitude for where I lived, and and I have to tell you, when we first moved onto this property, I remember I would wake up every morning and I just, it was just there was so much awe around what it is that I saw and the fact that this is where I got to live. And, you know, when we bought the property, there was this crappy little home. It was built, you know, only seven years before, but it looked like, Just this little ranch, and it just looked really, you know, just like a crappy little house. But the property was so beautiful. And so over the years, we completely remodeled the home. We added on a barn. You know, we did all these things to make it a beautiful property, but I couldn't even see that anymore. All I saw was everything that needed to be done. So my gratitude for where I lived all of a sudden started to turn into all this negativity In my head, you know, things like just ruminating about how things used to be and how they were no longer like that anymore. And sure, I mean, part of it was, I think, that I was mourning for my kids and, you know, who they used to be and the fact that they were getting older by the day. And I was mourning for what we used to have as a family, right? It was just us and them. They didn't have all these events they had to go to. My daughter was now in college in New York City. So our family seemed so much smaller. You know, there wasn't any of the strife and the bantering between the kids anymore because only my son was still left here in California. And part of it was I was completely overwhelmed by what needed to be done on the property, especially during the months, you know, between April and May and September and October. Another part of it was that I couldn't do as much physically as I used to be able to do. I am still super strong, but I am telling you, (laughs) in my 20s and 30s, I was a complete powerhouse. So I would go into hyperfocus and I could lay a garden in a day with irrigation and everything. Another part of it was just the cost of maintenance, right? When you live in the country, everything is magnified by 10 because everything is so much bigger. So instead of, you know, if you live in the city, you're spending $6,000 to redo a patio in the country. It can be 50,000, 60,000, 70,000 just because of the sheer size. So all I could see was everything that was wrong. And because there was so much negative emotion around it, I didn't want to be outside anymore because I would just see more of what was wrong. And you know what happens, right? Whatever we focus on, it just gets bigger. So even when I was recalling all the positive emotion I got from this history of me and my family being on this property, it was in the framework of what was, which actually ended up being negative emotion and not positive emotion. So let me tell you the biggest gift, the silver lining for me in COVID. And that was that COVID connected me back to nature. Every time I went around the property, I walked around the property, I saw things with fresh eyes, the birds, the horses, the vineyards, that pond that had all the algae on it within two weeks of walking around it, seemed to almost miraculously clear. Well, it didn't miraculously clear. But after having every pond expert out there, my ADHD brain made the connection after miles of walking around this pond that it was the pollen from the willow trees that would fall onto the pond every spring, and then that pollen would sprout. So if we sprayed it like we would a weed right up front, it would never take hold. And we had every expert prior to that come and tell us that it was the runoff from the 200 acres that our property fed into. It was the Canada geese and the ducks who brought it in from other ponds. It was a pesticide that ran off from surrounding properties and killed all the good plants. And so now the algae was taking over. And just walking around that pond and using my ADHD brain, which makes connections like other brains don't, I realized that no, it wasn't these things, it was simple. We didn't have this problem 10 years ago because we hadn't planted willow trees right up onto the pond. And within the last couple of years, the willow trees were huge and they had grown so big that they were now overshadowing the pond and dropping pollen onto the pond. There were seeds. That was what was different, and my ADHD brain that made that connection by walking miles around this pond for a couple of weeks. These walks also made me freely realize the part of my happiness during my kid's childhood was because we were outside all the time. I was completely connected to nature. I would grow rows of corn during, um, what is it called? The one Halloween, <laughs> during Halloween and Thanksgiving. I mean, my kids had their own pumpkin patch during Halloween. We raised baby chicks. We had eight giant planter beds for all of the vegetables we could ever need. We spent every minute of our weekends outside. And it took me this long to make the connection between nature my mental health, my ADHD brain, and positive emotion. And even better than all of this, my family is now doing these daily walks on our property with me. We walk together in the morning. We walk together in the evening. Often I look outside my window and my son is walking with my daughter or my husband in between their work or their Zoom school sessions. COVID has now connected all of us back to nature. And I have to tell you, my stubborn son, he's the ADHD one, right? He would regularly tell me how much he disliked the outdoors. We would literally have to drag him onto the patio, almost kicking and screaming, certainly complaining to eat outside. He hates bugs, especially spiders. Now he's not only walking regularly, He's gardening with us outside. He doesn't complain when we eat outside. We all have this newfound appreciation for where we live. You know, the story that my husband and I had told ourselves was, well, we tried, but basically we have city kids that we tried to raise in the country, but they're really not country kids. Well, as I mentioned, my daughter is finishing up her senior year at NYU, but she's home with us now. And my son is going to be going to New York City to the same program in the fall. So clearly, they're both heading to big cities. They love big cities. But the other day, I'm walking with my son and my daughter, and we're walking around the property, and we came around the pond, and we rounded the bend to see all of our neighbors' horses galloping against the fence. And she looked at me, and she said, we are so lucky to live here. You can hear my voice break, right? And... She followed that up with, I am so appreciative that I was able to grow up in the country. Because remember, we are not country people. My husband and I were both raised in the suburbs. So this was definitely an experiment. And... As I said, we often wondered, you know, should we have just chosen a home in the suburbs? Would it have been so much easier? But to hear that from my daughter and then my son looked at her and he said, yeah, it's beautiful. It just gave me so much gratitude. So now I walk around my property and I see everything that's good and joyful and it fills me with more positive emotion and I'm so grateful and my family is more grateful and of course, what does this do? It just makes us find even more things to be grateful for. It's just one big cycle. Every day we now walk, we're reconnected to nature, which reconnects us to the land, which reconnects us to each other, which reconnects me to myself and what makes me happy. And it does the same thing for them. But for COVID, this would have never happened. I would have still been stuck in the same lack mindset where I was before. Well, that wonderful time was because I was younger. My kids were younger because life was easier and I didn't really know how short life really was. You know, all those things we tell ourselves, all those excuses why we can't have what we used to have. So my big message to you is if you have a time in your life that you loved, ask yourself, what were you doing then? And then ask yourself, are you doing it now? And if you're not, that's exactly where you need to start. Okay. What else did COVID teach me that I could share with you? Well, it taught me something about connection. I think that many of us might feel lonely and we might feel a little depressed and anxious with all this social distancing. So I wanted to share with you a huge revelation for me. Are you ready? Connection doesn't come from being in someone's physical presence. Connection is a feeling that starts with a thought. It all starts with a thought. And so some of you are thinking, ah, she's wrong. No way, that's not true. So let me prove it to you. I know that there have been times in your life where you were around a lot of people. You were at a club, you were at a house party. Maybe you were even with a bunch of friends or a boyfriend or a spouse, maybe an ex-spouse, and you felt utterly alone. You felt more alone than if you would have just been by yourself, right? I know you can relate to that. Then I want you to think about a time when you weren't even with anyone. You were all by yourself, but you had a thought about them and you felt so connected and loved. No one was there. It was just you and your thoughts, You don't need people to be present to feel connection. You can feel so connected to someone just by thinking warm, loving, happy thoughts about them. So it's the thoughts that we're thinking right now that can make us feel so disconnected. But it's also other warm, loving thoughts about someone that can make us feel completely connected. I want you to try that for me and let me know what you discover. How can you think about someone differently to feel more connected? And even in COVID, what can you do to reach out to them, to connect to them in a way that maybe you would have never been able to connect to them but for COVID? So that's what I have for you for this week. Wait, wait, one more thought, Okay. Forgot to mention this, but I want to make sure that I do. So if you're struggling to get things done because you need more structure, and I am telling you, if you've convinced yourself that you don't need structure and you have an ADHD brain, I'm just going to tell you that you're wrong. I get it. I know that you want that freedom that's so important to us, but I'm telling you that providing structure for yourself is going to give you more freedom. It is going to give you freedom in your brain. I promise. So anyway, if you're struggling to get things done because you need more structure, I want to tell you about our free Focusmate group that is just for our ADHD for Smartass Women Facebook group. Thanks to the generosity of Taylor Jacobson, he's the founder of Focusmate, it is going to be completely free, unlimited sessions until July 28th. So what Focusmate does is it basically uses the body double concept, and you can listen to more about that and find out why it works for our ADHD brains. There is a podcast episode specifically on the body double, and I'll make sure that I put that in our show notes. So basically, what Focusmate does is it uses the body double concept where you schedule 50-minute sessions in advance, right? So you have to make that commitment, which, you know... We will let ourselves down often, but we will rarely let other people down. So that's kind of why you want to be able to set those appointments up in advance. They work really well for me when I set them up first thing in the morning, because it means that I have to be there in that seat starting my work. Okay. So you set up these and schedule these 50 minute sessions in advance. You have your camera on, you meet up with Other smart-ass women, so these are other women from our Facebook group that are part of our new Focusmate ADHD for smart-ass women group. And this is how you get your work done. Now, one of our members, Rachel, she just showed up for one of our virtual cocktail parties and she told us she's done, I think it was like over 1,500 sessions with Focusmate. It totally works. And you can find more information about it in our Facebook group, ADHD for smart-ass women. Okay, so as always, you are listening to ADHD for Smart Ass Women. If you like this podcast, please let us know by leaving a review. Our goal, it is to change the conversation around ADHD, helping as many women as we possibly can learn how their brilliant ADHD brains work so that they too can discover their amazing strengths. And your reviews, again, they really help in that regard. They are like those gold stars we used to get on our work when we were kids. One more thing, if you have a comment, if you have a guest you'd like me to interview or a topic idea for this podcast, please go to my website at tracyoutsuka.com. You can leave me an audio message there or you can reach out to me at tracyoutsuka.com. At Tracy Thank you so much for listening and I'll see you here next week. You've been listening to the ADHD for Smart Ass Women podcast. I'm your host, Tracy Otsuka, and we're available on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and Google Play. If you liked what you heard, we sure would appreciate a review. And not coincidentally, ADHD for Smart Ass Women, well, that's also the name of our free Facebook group. Go look it up. We're a totally smart ass community of successful, ambitious women who share our ADHD wins, questions, and workarounds. We'd love to have you join us. You can also find all my details over at tracyoutsuka.com. Don't forget, I spy a happier life for us, and I'll see you again next week.